Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Archie and joining me today is Chris and Alex. Chris, we've got to thank our sponsors, Swaz. Who, by the way, average a score of 4.5 out of 5 on Google reviews, including comments from Darren J. Beanie. Awesome! Ashton Wagstaff. Got a set of kits from a flavour side team. Couldn't be happier with a product. Cheap and good quality. Arrived quickly. Would definitely recommend. And Ellis Welsh. Order a kit for our new six aside team. Brilliant. Waz. Best thing about that, Chris. Best thing about it, Chris, as well, is there's no minimum order quantity. There's no extra cost for any added design elements, and it'll be with you in four to five weeks. And they accept orders not in Jana. <laughs> they do. They do. And uh, you can go to www. Three W's, by the way, for anybody <laughs> they want us to doubt. Swaz.co.uk for loads of more information. Alex, long time no see. Good to have you back. How are you doing? Yes, great to be back. I decided that we had an away win, so I should come on and, and talk about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? A goal from a corner kick, an away win, Morgan Whitaker scoring against Swansea. Fill your boots. It's my boots. Or, or, hang on, or spending the day yesterday with a Stoke fan. I think we should <laughs> start mountain. with that. Yeah, the there's mountain, not many right? days where it's good to spend a day with a Stoke fan, but when they <laughs> lose 5-0 and you get your first away win of the season and score from a corner, it's actually quite fun. <laughs> set, set the scene Alex set the scene where, where were you we went skiing we were going skiing at one of the local ski hills in Chicago and uh, we got out there and um, got out nice and early and by the time the football results co- came in I texted him I said should we meet for a beer at the at the lodge <laughs> I had one ready we're waiting for him he came in I said so see the results <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear yeah no a fantastic saturday saturdays go yesterday really really good chris what were your um yeah guide us through it a nail-biting one nil victory right well on and offline had a number of comments this week about how i quite i prefer this season to last season which seems to be controversial for some people um and yesterday kind of nailed why i think uh in a number of ways like we they're not a bad side. They're not great, but they beat us at home. Yeah. And we just looked solid, competent, scored a great goal. And I spent the entire second half feeling slightly queasy at the thought of an equaliser. And it felt like a little mini cup final. And that's why I like so, this season. So explain explain to me your working thesis. Why do you prefer, going off tangent on the second minute, why do you prefer this season to last, or this kind of season to last? I mean, part of it's down to the part of it's just the Plymouth in me, mm. which you know finds success a little challenging, <laughs> like showing off. <laughs> um, <laughs> part of it is there's something to be said. If you want to get to this level, you need to enjoy being at this level mm. and winning away for the first time in the context of our season, yeah, it's come quite late. It's huge and something to build on. And the quality of the opposition, the, the run that we've got coming up, I think that in that context, I look forward to every game. And I, I'm not saying I didn't last year, by the way. Last year was amazing. I, but no, there is a part yeah. of me that just enjoys the that we're, we are fighting at a different level. Yeah, I know what you mean, because you've expressed your um, opinions on this privately albeit not to the the wider listener. So I do know where, exactly where you kind of, and for, what it's, for what it's worth, I do agree with you. I get more, certainly gets the juices flowing more and away win at Swansea than the home win at MK Dons. You know what I mean? I said in the week, I said in the week that um, it's a strange situation where we've got one of the best teams I can remember as having since I've been supporting. We're playing some mm-hmm. of the best football, yet we're still talking about relegation, which says everything you need to know about the division. And last season, once we got to the point where we genuinely thought we could have a go at promotion and we we could do it, and then it was a case of staying in the top two, it was great seeing us win all the time. But it was also really, really stressful 
because you were kind of doing that thing where a win just meets your expectation and anything else is disaster. Whereas it's quite fun going into each game going, we could win comfortably, we could draw, we could lose comfortably. And knowing that all three results are quite possible and seeing how the game unfolds. Yeah, and I think I think you've hit on something quite interesting there, saying you know it's the best football we've seen, despite you know we're we're losing a heck of a lot more than let's say last season. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? The football the football has been good, this is fantastic this season, and Foster has a, a, he's tweaked it a bit, hasn't he? Uh, hasn't he, Chris? We've managed to, and he said his remit was you know to maintain that attacking threat, but essentially tighten things up at the back. And yesterday was kind of the yeah we saw that, didn't we? Yeah, and it, it's still, you know, we don't look perfect. There's still art in mouth moments. But we seem to progressively be less guilty of giving the opposition goals. Hmm. You know, Huddersfield was a bit of a shaky one, but generally speaking, since he's joined, we're making fewer costly errors, which was the story of the first half of the season, right? Which was playing well and all. We Just when we're do, looking decent, we give the ball away, we make a mistake, we pass to them from a goal kick in front of the goal, we score an own goal. There's, there's less of that. I think that's the most pleasing thing is we're making fewer hugely costly errors, which in this division, we, we talked about it so many times, that this division you get punished. We're getting less opportunities to be punished. We're defending normally, not trying to recover from freak errors. Alex, you have the honour of talking us through a goal from a corner away from home. The floor is yours. Manager has to take a lot of credit. That's clearly something that the manager has done and changed since he came in. It's hard when you can results can pick up and Morgan Whitaker can keep scoring goals and you can say, well, that's nothing to do with him. He's just coming in. He's got a great player and we've been scoring goals already. But if you want a clearer, more tangible sign that the manager has come in, the coach, sorry, head coach has come in and made a difference. It's us scoring from a corner. And it's not just scoring from a corner where we've put one in the box and gone, finally, we can beat the first man or not kick it out for a throw-in. It's a slick, well-worked move that was pulled off, executed to perfection um, with our main man finishing the goal off. Mm, Swansea weren't anywhere near it. It was great to see. So not only was it scoring from a corner, it was the fact that it was so reassuring to see that you could know that the manager's come in and, and that's because of his influence that wasn't there before. Yeah. And actually, Chris, it was a re- it was a really, really good finish because if you watch the pass again from Foreshaw, certainly not a bad pass, but similar to the Bundu one at Ellen Road last week, where it's yeah, on the eye first watching live, it doesn't it looks, you know, easy, easy to say. But it's fizzing in to Whitaker, isn't it? Kind of about just above the ground and he hits it first time. It's a fantastic strike. And it's interesting you say about that happening twice because that's how you score high-quality goals, right? The higher up you go, the the quicker the pace of the move, the, the quality of the ball's in, and the better you need to be to finish them. And yeah, I completely agree. It was it, he story of his season. He made it look easy, but it really wasn't. That kind of half-volley in space, yeah, but, but more times than not, that goes over the bar. Perfectly executed, but yeah, got to agree with Alex. And is it is it is it wishful thinking to say you could kind of see it coming? But we at least we weren't scoring from them, but at least we looked like we had a plan to score from them in some of the other games. You know, we oh, yeah, there was a absolutely. bit of variety and and trying. Yeah, we've to be said sure. we've said on the, we've said on this pod many times. Well, or many times, albeit over four games, covering four Foster games that. Corners defensively and attacking wise look ten times better, and yeah, it was great to it was great to see it um, come to effect yesterday. Uh, another person that got a lot of credit. We'll move on to Morgan later. I appreciate we did one in the midweek, which was ninety percent Morgan content. So we'll, we'll pause it for now on Morgan Whitaker, but we will come back to him because we need to. We certainly do. Uh, Connor Hazard, Alex. He he got a lot of plaudits yesterday, and he had a huge role to play, didn't he? His shot stopping was superb. And I think we've always known that about him. No one's ever questioned his ability with um, when the ball's coming at him. Possibly it's his coming off his line. People have talked about um, with his feet. I liked the fact yesterday that when the ball came to his feet, 
he knew his limitations. It was quite clear. He didn't try and do things, especially when he was under pressure that he he wasn't going to be able to do. Sometimes he lumped it out. But his shop stopping is as good as Mike Cooper. And there was a couple of times as well where those long arms really came into play. Um, and I think we were good for the. I think we were good for the win. Um, looking at our tactics and the way we play, and knowing how we've played away, perhaps adds more context. The Swansea fan might disagree, but you you can't say that um, Hazard didn't play a huge part. And without him making those saves, it would have been a different result. Mm. Chris, you touched on it, saying that's your kind of match and away away win against the wall kind of thing it was certainly that wasn't it for the for the rest of the game after we scored it was but we had two maybe three breaks where another day we should have done better maybe we'll come to them later so I don't think it was it wasn't like we just sat back and tried to defend it was we seem more confident in our ability to defend and then to break um there was one brilliant cancer I remember where I think it ended up with Miller. We had the weird Wayne who created a great chance for himself and then froze a bit. But I don't, it didn't feel like we just went 1 0 up and then tried to defend. We just yeah. decided that we would be capable of defending and then hit them on the break. So, but yeah, also back to Hazard, that's, that's probably two games in a row. Tom said it last week where at this level, you need a goalkeeper to perform. People are going to create chances. These yeah, there's a logic that he's resp- pretty much responsible or as responsible for those six points that we've got as anybody else. He seems mm. to have a bit of license to kick it long if he needs to. Uh, you get the feeling that under Schumacher, he didn't want him to do that. And Connor was forced um, to pass it out from the back at times when he looked uncomfortable doing that. It seems that now he's been given the um, the green light to just get it get it launched, get it up there if he needs to, which I think has helped him having that option without feeling like he's going to get a roasting from the manager. Mm. Uh, Chris, you mentioned it briefly, the chances. There were a few, weren't there, which we, you could feel, looking back, that possibly we should have done better. Brian Hardy, especially. Uh, purely in terms of, I think, you and I, us all, expect a bit more from him. Yeah, but then, in hindsight, there was one where you thought, oh, he should have squared it. But if he did that, you wouldn't get the goals he got the other week where he was through and sort of lashed it into the near post. So Same position, wasn't it? It was yeah, like yeah. the same, almost repeat. But my thing with with Ryan, we've spoken to Aaron Cusack about this a few times, is that it's the higher up he goes, the less time he's got. And the less time he's got, the more productive he is. And that was another example of he just had a little bit, to me, had a little bit too much time and maybe overthought it. But you, know, you can't criticise him. It's it's what he's there to do. Much rather he took the shot than did a Ben Wayne and didn't do anything. <laughs> ben, you know, you've mentioned it. Ben Wayne came on and he had a, he had a difficult time, didn't he, Alex? Well, hang on. I, he created that chance himself. Hmm. Like it wasn't a disaster. The one where and he, he was, was completely isolated. Yeah, he was through on goal and he kind of. Yeah, he got a nosebleed. But well, this is this is my really this was my this was my experience of that chance. I was watching the game back. I wasn't able to watch it live, so I had to watch the whole game back. And um, I saw him go through, and I thought, "Here we go, Ben Wayne. This is your big chance." And my computer, for some reason, or the the recording, skipped forward a couple of seconds without me doing anything. So I went from seeing him breaking through. He was as good as one on one with the goalkeeper. I thought. And then all of a sudden, there's two players in front, in between him and the goal, and he's not managing to get a clear shot away. And I thought, hang on a second, how on earth has that happened from what I just saw about to happen? And I had to go back and watch it. And it, but having that kind of glitch as I was watching it summed up your mm. your your centre forward, and I'm Ben Wayne does do some good stuff. He put himself about a bit. He held the ball up, but your centre-forward in this division from the position he was in should not be finishing up with two men between him and the goal and forcing, trying to force a shot away. On the other hand, if you run through... Again, we said we'll mention Whitaker later. Foster played well. 
there's five or six yesterday that had really, really fantastic games. Like, let's not focus on one of our less able players struggling a bit with the chance. If you sort of work your way through that team, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we could, we could name so many of them, but maybe that's where we let's, go. But let's let's do it. Let's do it. Who 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 would be a standout for you, Chris? Then yesterday, uh, for sure. Frankly, mm-hmm. I do love a player that sort of doesn't do a lot, but everything he does is brilliant. Yeah, you know, one of those the old-fashioned unsung hero. I think it's difficult to understate the impact he has on those games because he just does the simple things extremely well and I think provides something that we've lacked, which is experience in the division. He just... Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy watching him play. Even though he's not on your stats, I'm not sure, you know, he's not creating a huge amount, he's not scoring a great amount, but he's doing all the stuff that allows other players to do that. And he's doing it brilliantly. And if you see him at the end as well, it sort of seemed to validate what people were nervous about. You know, well, we've signed someone who's always injured. No, I think we signed someone who wasn't playing, had got fit and was hungry. He looked as excited about that win as anybody and he's only played two games. Hungry is a great, great word to describe it. I thought he was absolutely everywhere, running around in that midfield, just the sort of player. Maybe when he came in, not the guy who we thought he was. Everybody wanted a Matete type to come in and, and do that. And we got him. But yesterday he did exactly that. I thought he was everywhere in that midfield. If you were playing for Swansea in, in his opposing number, you would have been shattered by the end of it. He was putting tackles in. He was getting to the ball. And you say experience. He just looks like he knows what he's doing. He's not, oh, panicking, oh, I've got the ball, oh, I've, what did the manager tell me to do? He, he knows what to do. He's, he's calm in the middle there, which calms everybody else down. You say about getting those mistakes out of the team, partly that's down to people knowing their job, I think. It's ha- down to players having a better understanding of what we do when we don't have the ball. Um, but it's also having a character like him in the middle who just can keep everybody calm. Um, I thought he was, I agree with you, Chris, brilliant yesterday. He was the most accurate passer on the pitch yesterday with a 95% success rate, which is, which is not bad, is it, Chris? No, it's, not. He... it's how it feels watching him, but also behind him and to come back to the hazard piece, hopefully they all stay fit because Phillips looks like at one, you know, one day he's going to be a Premier League player mm. and you know, he's a really just solid and with Gibson and... I mean, Galloway. Galloway's like, we said it before, like a new signing. Like, they they all had a great game. Didn't put a put wrong. And yes, it was a bit messy at times, and your heart was in your mouth, but we're winning the second balls that sometimes we didn't used to. Yeah. Like there was a, it was just, it's a different type of great performance. It reminded me of the QPR game, but with a goal. You know, it was doing all the, the hard stuff and doing it well. And I think the manager kind of said that at the end. You know, we've still got a lot to learn, but we're starting to execute the, the way I want to do stuff. And that, it's like just being in the game all the way through. We didn't lose our concentration. Speaking of Galloway, he's just played five 90 minutes in a row, albeit there's been no midweekers in that. We've had a clean run from the Sutton game, actually. And if I was really well prepared, that would probably, I imagine that would be the first time ever in an Argyle shirt. I imagine. And I think uh, his name escapes me, Physio Law, isn't it? I've got the first name. He's done an incredible job to get him and Miller playing on a regular, regular basis. I remember Schumacher speaking about it at the start of the season, you know, essentially trying a new approach regarding them, regarding keeping those two fit and it's, and it's work. And I know Galloway obviously took a while to get to fitness, but he especially has been, he's been great, hasn't he, Alex? Yeah, he's one of those players who, maybe we thought we were unlucky with and it's turned out that we were lucky with. And he's come good at just the right time, isn't he? Because we probably were, were fortunate enough to not quite need him in League One. And boy, do we need him in the championship and having a, a championship quality player ready to just come in. People use that new signing cliche far too often. But I think we can uh, we can use it with, with Galloway for sure. His slide tackles in the box, he's done it a couple of times. The confidence to do them and and the way that he does them is great. 
fans love it, don't they? Um, mm. And th- there's a few players who I wouldn't I wouldn't want Dan Scar going anywhere near a slide tackle in the box. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, Galloway has got has got the poise and the timing to get it right. Um, and uh, and Gareth. also the thing I like about that back line, just to add, is yeah. they don't always have their best games at the moment. The, the, but there's always somebody who really stands out, whether it's been Phillips recently or Gibson or yesterday, I thought Galloway was the pick mm. pick of the three. Phillips, I actually thought, showed a little bit of inexperience yesterday and probably had his toughest game so far. A um, few silly fouls. I thought he was lucky. That one um, where they had a shout for a penalty because of a shirt pull, which I think was Phillips. Um, we... Uh, we got a penalty very similar. Was it Rotherham? I can't remember which game at Home Park it was where we got the penalty that was somewhat soft from the opposition. Yeah, I, should I should know because I was there, but I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. It was uh, it, it was similar. You, so just yeah, thought, but just thought. on that, if you Archie shared, um, I, I recommend everybody watches it. Who's got access? Like six, seven minutes of us or Tuesday in particular talking about loan signings. And they and they kind of make the point, Matt Phillips, in that it's they're people we couldn't afford to pay the wages they're on, who are likely to be a player above this level, but who will be learning. That's why we signed them, and that that's how he looks to me. You know that he's playing for us almost to iron that out of his game, but when he returns to his parent club, and that's kind of fair enough. You know, if, to your point, the other option is put Scar in. So I think you've, you've got to accept that some of these lone players will be a little naive at times, but I think he more than makes up for it, even just with his his size and, and his pace. That's a wider point I've heard Tom make about signings. People, if any, when, when we get somebody in and somebody complains about something to do, oh, they're not for sure. Oh, he's got an injury record. Well, how many other Premier League midfielders who don't have a long injury record are lining up to sign for us? Because I don't <laughs> exactly. see them anywhere. So you have to accept that they're going to be imperfect. We're like the broken biscuits box. You still get a custard cream. It just might have the corner chipped off. So that is one of my favourite ever metaphors. But also, let's let's keep going through. We brought on two wingbacks that we signed in that period. Mm. Um, Both of whom look very capable and credible. Especially the uh, Balaclava man really does, like, you know, from reputation, looks like he can play. So it brings me back to yes, Ben Wayne had a bit of an iffy moment, but it seems really negative to focus on that when you can work your way through that team without even getting to Whitaker and talk about how many people had such a, you know, a strong game in the context of their age, their experience with the club. And also the fact they're still gelling, right? They are still gelling. We know we've, mm. I think we've been spoiled that it took us half a game against Rotherham for that team to find their feet. There's one, one went half under- where they looked like they didn't know each other. They looked like a team already. One that went under the radar possibly yesterday for me was Barley Mumba and to some extent Miller. Now, depending on who you listen to, you'll say Mumba's having a good season. Some people will say that perhaps he's struggling a bit this season. But there was something yesterday that I noticed that in his game had changed. And that's with with Mumba, I've always thought he's got the potential going forward. And we know that we've seen some of the goals he can score and the runs he can make. He's always looked a little bit wobbly at the back, perhaps of decision making. And I think a lot of the time that's because he's caught him, got caught out of possession or he's had to make up some ground. Yesterday, big part of what I, f- what I felt helped us to be successful at the back was Mumba and Miller were more often than not in exactly the right place when we were without the ball. And I think that if I was going to guess, I'd say that Foster has worked really hard with the fullbacks, the wingbacks, to make sure that as soon as we're without the ball, they're not chasing back. They're already where they need to be. Unless obviously they've lost the ball themselves high up the field, which with Miller does happen. But Mumba's position, and as soon as I noticed that, I started to watch out for it. And he was always where he needed to be. And he made some important interventions. Yeah, sure, he won the ball and then maybe gave it away or didn't quite find his pass. That will come with him. He's a quality player. But it was really reassuring to see because you're trying to see where where has Foster made a difference? We talked about the corner. Yep. Yes, that's a very clear um, example. 
but trying to pick out where else he's made the difference. And I think with Mumba's game in defence, that could be a huge, huge thing for us if he's going to. It's interesting. Carry on it's interesting with Bali, isn't it? Because he, from what Schumacher said in the summer, he needed a bit more convincing to return than Morgan did. Um, which is fine. I'm, I assume he had many options presented to him in the summer. But point being, he had that, I presume Schumacher offered to him, okay, you're going to be playing as part of a front three in my new rejigged formation in the championship. And that obviously it had its moments. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Probably seven out of 10, possibly slightly more. Point being, Schumacher's now left, obviously, and we've returned to a more familiar formation with Bali now back where he was and had so much success in our championship winning season. So it's an interesting one, isn't it? That journey that he's been on. He's probably put so many hours in trying to learn that new position and the team as well. Spent so many hours trying to learn that new formation. That's another conversation. He's now returned, Chris, to a much more familiar setting, hasn't he? And I think, again, doing, I mean, Alex has articulated, doing a slightly different, job but doing it incredibly well i mean how many times can we say he's almost made a rock for his own back by last season mm. you know marauding up the pitch and slamming the ball in from 30 yards but that's still in him but he is absolutely improving at the back and we i mean we've nearly gone through the whole team yesterday in terms yeah. of capable solid performances like who we missed hardy it wasn't this the, the way that it was played yesterday didn't necessarily suit him as much. But again, from having Aaron a couple of weeks ago, there's so much that he can do to take pressure off by just relentlessly chasing when we do hit it long. But who we missed? Divine. Who, I, I'm interested to get Divine. your opinions on Divine because I've sort of I've watched the games he's played in and he's kind of passed me by. And that's not because he's been terrible or not done anything. I just haven't been paying much attention. He looks to me like he he looks a bit like Finazaz. He plays a bit like him, but perhaps without just the same level of danger and, and, and quality. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what you you two think of him. So I'll far. give you my I'll give you my answer, which is horrible. I couldn't remember him. I'm literally in my head working my way up the field, and he was the one that I forgot. And I don't know whether that's incredibly harsh, but he was less visible yesterday. But I am an idiot, so maybe I don't notice the work he's doing. No, I, uh, I I kind of share your opinion there, Chris. Um, we'll move things on slightly. Yesterday, you know, we've gone on about it for the best part of a half hour now. Great win. And actually, it, in terms of that, you know, points every five games, we've now got eight from four, which is huge, really huge for us and eases the pressure. However, Chris, we're, we're not out of the woods yet, are we? We still need to keep plugging away. And there's 17 more points, I believe, that we need to accrue. Yeah, marathon, not a sprint and all that. And there is a very real possibility that we don't get those until March or April. I think we need to keep our heads. 16 points, 17 more games to play. Slight difference. It's annoying that QPR won yesterday because had they lost... um, It it, it would be... I think that would be a slightly different conversation with Mm. that gap. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, Chris mentioned that we might not have many going into March. It's... It's a really, really tricky run. So I think we need to temper our kind of joy, if you like, with that knowing what's what's around the corner. Those five or six games coming up are are tricky. But looking back over our last 17 games, we've got 24 points, albeit we had quite a favourable run over Christmas, which we've talked about a lot. That's, I'm in danger of contradicting myself here. But I th- despite saying we need to be wary of what's coming up, Alex, I'm feeling quietly confident looking at the points we've got on the board in the last 17 games the development Foster's made over the last five things are looking all right when we had all the disruption over Christmas I was always confident the first half of the season we'd stay up even though we were going to flirt with relegation I thought we had enough and then we had um the Christmas of doom and it was a case of there were some people who were very quick to decide that that was it. We were done now. We were finished. We'd lost Schumacher. We lost the Zaz. Um, and then there were a few people that said, well, let's just wait until the end of January and see, shall we? Well, here we are at the end of January and we're seeing. And those people that thought the world was coming to an end look a bit silly because I, 
I want to say it and it's easy to say it, but I genuinely believe, um, and I'm trying not to be biased towards our new set of players and manager and, and bitter towards the ones that have left, but I genuinely think we are in a better position than we were, you know, as we went into yeah. that Christmas period. I'm, gl- I'm glad you say that because you were saying, and I, I agree with you, well, large parts about, you know, cool heads, and they prevail and all of that. However, I'm not sure on an alternative universe, if Schumacher stays with us, I think we may have been in trouble because we weren't seeing, we weren't seeing a, pr- a great progression, really. There was these three, three games again and again, and it was an amazing entertainment. That you know, Aaron was saying, wasn't he, when he was last on, you were just seeing pe- from a tactical point of view, he was analysing the team and they were just going through the motions to a point in terms of, he was talking about the players rotating on the pitch, wasn't he? And he wasn't seeing a great kind of tactical evolution, if you like, as the season progressed. And I do, it's it's pure speculation now because he's gone, hasn't he? We know we've got Foster. But I do think, to summarise, that we are better off with Foster because we've seen a huge uptick in just five games, Chris. Yeah, and and, and it's always satisfying when it seems so simple. It's very hard to do, but what we needed to do regardless of who manager or coach was, was make fewer mistakes at the back, be a bit more solid mm. and look a little better out of possession. And all those three things, the good news is it was obvious that's what we needed to do and that he seems to be the intelligent type of manager, coach that can do that. And even when you listen to him, and I said this last week, but the way he spoke after the game, it was about the game again. He actually talked about what had happened. Um, and when he talked about it, there's a substance to it. Like you get a sense of this is an improvement. We've still got a long way to go. And that there is an evolving plan that he is working to to improve things, right? I, w- I wonder if how much of his English stuff has an effect on that because he's not used to... I think people make more out of the lack of managerial head coach stuff than there is because he's got a host of experience with the FA, hasn't he, over various age levels. Anyway, my point is he's not he's ha- he hasn't had to do the weekly presses where people where people are looking for those sound bites and looking for the generic answers and he's having to churn them out every three four days like an EFL head coach or manager does. I wonder how much of an effect that has on his verbal output, if you like. That he's used to kind of delivering a very different message, which will be you know how how many of us tune in to see what the under seventeen England manager is saying? Not many, you know. Yeah, true. So possibly that's got something to do with it that he's. Um, yeah, it comes from a slightly different. But it seems, does, but from a slightly it seems to ref- the substance on the pitch seems to be reflected in the way he talks off it. Yep. You know, there yep. are sub- there are tangible things that you can see happening that he talks about, yep. and and that feels that feels really positive. It will be a test. There was a point, I don't know, when we had a really sticky run for a few games, and you know, during halftime they have those little player quizzes. Mm. And you're like, oh my god, that feels so out of context when you're not doing well. Like, why are they sat there doing a quiz? Why aren't they practicing corners? So I think there may be a bit of that over the next month, which is if we have a tricky run, I hope we don't, but if we do, does that I'm noticing things I want to improve ring a little more hollow? Mm, He's had a great really... run, right? He's yeah, had a great a... run, but let's see, let's see. But I stand by what I've said. I we could easily pick up nothing in the next four or five games. If you look at the last run, right, we've lost two in 13, which was a way to Southampton that was close and a way to Leicester. The clubs are kind of above those caliber over the next month. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. But I still think he's more likely to have some kind of plan. And then we'll come to it later. But what's amazing is that we're looking at an FA Cup game where a group of relatively, you know, new players that we've not really, we didn't have four weeks ago, feel like a huge loss. Yeah. Like how are we yeah. going to do it without them? It's 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 amazing. Just mention the quiz, do the quiz, and you've you've got, gone through the rest of my notes for the for today's episode. You've done great. <laughs> you've ticked off, off everything. He's done um, Mark Lovell. He's answered all the questions in one yeah. go. <laughs> right, we can go yeah. home and have a cup but of tea now. I, I joke, but that is actually how I wanted to end this part, that we've got a really, really tricky run, in case you've forgotten, coming up. And to use use Alex's analogy, that we, we will need cool heads going into this. We need to remember how well he's done and acknowledge the quality of opposition we've got coming up. 
and just you know and luckily we've got ourselves a good insurance policy with those huge six points from the last two games i can't stress enough that's a massive kind of cushion we've brought ourselves to hopefully make the blow of what will probably be a really tricky few games a bit easier to uh, withstand all right end of part one and we'll be back in a bit for part two All right, welcome back to part two. Now, it's been, well, three, four days since our last pod, but a lot has happened in those three, four days, Chris. Or rather, a lot hasn't happened, thankfully. Morgan Whitaker still a green. Still a green, and without being too uh, smug, I really enjoyed your episode in the week. Oh, nice. With our experts. I think it, it, it added a huge amount of context, because when you hear you know, a respected Italian journalist talking about where Morgan Whitaker may or may not fit in a Lazio team, it really does make you want to sit up and pinch yourself, doesn't it? I know when he's, uh, when he said, what did he say? Oh, Maurizio Sarri might not be playing him for the first game. <laughs> oh, I'm it's, not used to this. Yeah, and his, his, I mean, he had he gone, right? I think it would have still been to a degree with our blessing. It would have been frustrating, but you like, you can't turn that down. He didn't go. And you get a very strong impression from the interview with him after the game yesterday that that was his choice. I'm happy here. I love the fans. I love the team. I'm playing well. I mean, if you put it in the context of others that decided to chase the money and where that's left them, it's a very wise decision, I think. It's not just wise for us. It's a wise young man saying, I'm at the top of my game. I've got a, long, a lot of time ahead of me. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Alex, those quotes that went viral, or the clip rather from the, from the interview that then went viral over social media, it's, it's the kind of clip that will be replayed and replayed and replayed until he, until he leaves us. It was great to see, wasn't it? Players talking about how much they love the club they play for is take it with a pinch of salt. When he says it, you believe it. When he scored the goal yesterday, a, a, a player, a young man of his age, against the team that he had a rotten time at, you know, that he, he couldn't leave when he wanted to, they would have been running up to the fans, giving it the beginning in front of them, absolutely loving it. Adam Stansfield, um, Jay Stansfield, sorry, um, you know, scenes. He, he didn't. He was happy to score. He was cool, calm. He didn't feel the need to rub it in their faces or anything like that. He didn't kiss the badge in front of the Swansea fans. All he did was, as he was walking back, he had a big smile on his face. And he very quietly, and to himself, and without making a big show of it, I noticed he just gently just tapped the badge on his chest. Didn't thump mm-hmm. it in front of the fans. It was, And it felt like, and maybe I'm just making this up as I go, it felt like he did that for him. He didn't do it for the cameras or for anybody else watching because he didn't make a big song or dance of it. And that summed up for me and showed that when this guy says he loves being here, and it's hard for us to believe because, you know, so many people have said it in the past and they're on their way. And f- we know what football is like. He genuinely means it. And it's brilliant yeah. because we've genuinely got, we've got a hero. We've got a talisman who is, you know, Argo, he's not one of our own, but he has become one of our own and it feels like he's one of our own. And wherever he goes in his career from now on in the future, he will always be welcome back at home park. He'll always be held up with that regard because the way he's conducted himself as well as his fabulous performances on the pitch. And you know that he will be somebody who, will want to come back. You know, you see Ronnie Morgier around the place. Now, don't get me wrong, Argyle 96, goal at Wembley was his kind of high watermark in his career. So, of course, he's... But, like, he's going to be one of those players I feel like you're going to see around home park once he's retired, in the hospitality, talking to, to fans um, in years to come. And it's it's great to see. And it's, it's heartwarming given the kind of callous, cold nature of the industry sometimes. Yeah, it was the perfect anecdote we needed, really, after the month we had previous. It restored so much faith in us but I'm aware like you both said it's a rarity so we need to acknowledge that but there's also something amazing in it really 
that it is a rarity. We've got pro- what I believe could well turn out to be Argyle's best ever player developing in front of our eyes, and and he doesn't mind it, and he doesn't mind Argyle. You know, he's a huge fan of the place. Like he said, I mean, what did he say? I love the place. I love the club. I love the fans. That's why I'm comfortable in playing so well. No, I'm it's not. Plymouth, I'm not Plymouth born and raised, but this is where I can imagine Chris jumping in and saying. Isn't that the most Plymouth thing ever? To we've got a good player. I'm like, I can't believe he doesn't hate it here. <laughs> yeah, there is. It's so weird. There is. <laughs> I think, but we need. There is a bit of that actually. But in the, that's what makes it so special. Is that he had every opportunity. I mean, even to go and sit on the bench at Lazio, right? You, you've got to think. It's got to cross your mind that that might be something you want to do. Yeah. And that's nothing against, that's not Tim Pot Little Argyle. That is a huge no. opportunity. But no. he's this, he's, he must be well advised as well. You know, there's a whole, it was interesting. either that or he advises himself well, because there's a whole bunch of people out there. With, I mean, age, there's an agent there that's getting 10% of that. There's a million quid. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much, it's not just the Plymouth in it. It is, Statistically, I mean, depending on where you rate it, he's the highest performing player in the division who very clearly understands that he's club captain now, he's a talisman. It was a sensible decision that we benefited from. Yeah. And we were fearful that he would make a different one. But the next six months, I think, have, you know, he'd have been a hero if he'd left. He's going to be, God knows what, when he ever does go. Because you've yeah. got to think, it's also going to be for a ridiculous amount of money that could change the club. It was interesting to hear that Foster took him and Rachel out for breakfast on Wednesday, wasn't it? I think it was Wednesday, Foster said, just to kind of mull over that bit and make sure his Morgan's head was in the right place, essentially, was my reading of it. Which is good. It's a, it's. I mean, obviously, you think, you could because you could easily think, if you're in Foster's position, club has said no, Morgan and his team have said no, job done but to, I think go that extra mile and I'm aware this is hardly groundbreaking man of management taking a partner and his player out for for breakfast or whatever you know it's happened numerous times before obviously but it seemed like a clever little touch just to make sure Morgan knows how valid and crucial and loved he is yeah huge a huge huge week huh and if you, you know, I'd, I'd recommend just re-watching over and over again the kind of celebrations at the end where yeah. they're all, they, he's kind of pushed by the team. It's funny, it's funny you say like, that. Literally, they shove not. him out in front of, yeah. you know, don't underestimate what that means for the squad as well. Yeah, I... You know, he's, you know it's not just about him staying, it's about the fact he chose to stay will resonate across that team. You know, it was... It was a wonderful yeah, moment. Like, absolutely, mate. Because we spoke about it, didn't we? We spoke about it, didn't we? About, I, can't, I think I managed to develop some stat around it. About, I think it was a player or member of staff leaving every two days over the space of a month off the top of my head. And what that must do to a team's morale. It must be difficult. You know, it must be really hard. So again, to have that, and when they see, they'll, you know, they'll be seeing it on social media, Blancio coming in, or West Ham and all that. They're, th- they're thinking, no way are we seeing him tomorrow in training. So it must be a huge, huge lift. And one more thing, I think we've spoke so much about these iconic moments that we've had with Morgan. We've had so many, and it will be a book one day. I'm sure of it. If if not, then we can write it because it's been an incredible story. But yesterday, you felt like you had a day of maybe three or four chapters. You know, him walking out at the Liberty, leading Argyle with the captain's armband, the goal on the back of turning down Lazio, and then that, like you say, Chris, that celebration where he's almost, he's so humble, isn't he? And he gets pushed by, I think it was at Galloway in front of the Green Army. And then he can't, then he lets himself go, doesn't he, for that moment? Yeah, just... There's also point five in that, is that at most points in that game yesterday, he had two, if not three people marking him. Mm. But that's the other thing that he brings. Even when he's allegedly quiet, he's creating space for somebody else because everyone knows what he can do. So... It's just existing helps us, even if he's not having a great game, because other people are assuming that he's going to. And and uh, yeah. they, they did start early on. They you know, there was a couple. They weren't bad fouls, but you could see they tried to kind of rein him in a bit, but they couldn't. Mm. He's too good. Yeah. Well, look, we know we've got him until the summer. 
possibly it sounds a bit negative, but let's enjoy every single second he wears an Argyle shirt because, yeah, special, special player, special time to be watching him. What a, what a privilege to be watching him every week. It's fantastic. So, yeah, drink it in, ladies and gents, over the next few months. Anything else we want to say on Morgan before we uh, pause our Morgan loving for another another week? Just thank you if he's listening. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he switches this on every week and <laughs> listens to us rambling on. I think we also need to give credit. I, I don't want to quote in case they're uncomfortable with me saying who it was, Tom Kirk, um, that there is an argument that our second most important player is Mrs. Morgan. So I think we need to give a thanks to her as well. Like You get so obsessed. She disappears from social media and you think, oh my God, what's going on? And then pops up with, thank God it's February. But never underestimate the the importance of a of a good woman in this. Like she's she's we've talked about it before, the way she's talked about mental health, the way she interacts with the fans, which is not an easy job with some of the uh, crazy stuff that we've got out there. Like don't underestimate her. I think you know, we owe her, her a debt. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. All righty, back back to reality. Uh leads. Uh, and the next team that are visiting home park, or Argos next opposition, in the cup. Alex, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's a tricky one. We've got many players who are unavailable. It'll be a tough one for Foster. Uh, we've got we've got many players who will be unavailable, but we've also got players who will come in for them who have got championship minutes this season. Um, I know he um, kind of picked a, picked a few starters a bit out of left field at Ellen Road. We may, came away with a draw. I don't know if we'll see Roberts... Um, involved again but Adam Randall will come in a couple of other players this game really hinges for me on it depends how seriously or how Leeds are going to view this game and we just don't know they could say you know they're really pushing for that second spot and that's what they want over anything maybe they want a game against Chelsea or Villa but they want to be playing them week in week out next season which is the more important thing for them so if they send their first team down to Plymouth in the midweek and I think they've even made noises about talking about what an inconvenience it is to come all the way down to us um, so I think it depends what, what what Leeds do with it we're capable of we got a draw against them at their place with a strong team uh, home park um, under the lights crowd up for it if if they don't put in a good performance we, we will beat them they're going to have to play well they're going to have to play well they can't just show up I think no. there is an argument. There is an argument that we go back to throwing caution to the wind. Like they dominate games, they, they they haven't scored a lot recently, which part of me makes me think they're due to get like six at some point, and maybe we'll be the the victim. But I watched the the game the other day, and they, I mean, they completely dominated Bristol City. They only scored one, and their manager yesterday made some noise about that. That we we really need to start taking our chances. So maybe there's an argument that we we go back to kind of Keegan ball and just have a go. Don't yeah, let them score a couple. Maybe we score three. Quite possibly. It's just tough though, isn't it? We've got Bundu and Houghton out injured, and Darko J- JB, Adam Forshaw, and Divine all cup tied. It's yeah, it's tricky. But yeah, you know we've got those three cup tied lads who are then fresh for the weekend. So I guess he's your positive on that. And Roberts will almost definitely get some more action in the middle, right, Alex? Yeah, and they're all scared of, they're all terrified of Joe Edwards as well, because he's uh, the butcher of Ellen Road. (laughs) Speaking of Joe Edwards, he might actually get some minutes, because obviously he's seen very, very little action, right, Chris, under Foster. Foster Which, yeah, but he did say, didn't he? He said it was a a footballing decision regarding rotation, although... He was on the bench yesterday, uh, last week, sorry, and had no minutes. And I think the week previous, it was 13. I'd, so I, I understand we've got a busy week coming up, but then what's the reasoning for the last few games? Who knows my point? It looks to me like he's made it quite a brutal and harsh call and he's dropped, dropped the captain. Let's see. I mean, you've got to assume he's going to start on Tuesday. Possibly out of necessity, to be honest, but so far he's been fairly consistent. Yeah. Is it, it a surprise? Been... Is it a surprise that Foster's not so keen on him? Is it the bigger surprise that um, Schumacher was so keen on him and that he got so many minutes? Because at the beginning of this season, let's be honest, 
nobody was expecting to see much of Joe Edwards. We thought he'd be great around the place, get his coaching badges, come on and fill in a gap when he's needed. And he played a bit more than that and we were surprised. So maybe this is just um, reverting to what we were all expecting to see. I, I think uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head. No more to say? Well, yeah, possibly. Or he comes out on Tuesday and makes himself undroppable. I think it's more a sign of the strength of the squad. Archie, how do you feel about somebody calling Joe Edwards undroppable? Thoughts? <laughs> did that did that come across in that groan? Um, no, I, I respect Chris's opinion. I don't agree with him. I'll be honest. I, I can't agree. I don't think that will happen. I can't not agree with him as a prediction for the future. I don't think that will happen. I'll be amazed if he makes himself undroppable because I've made it very clear many times. I don't think he's good enough for this level, to be honest. I've seen him multiple times in the flesh over Christmas. It confirmed that. And I think Alex is Alex is onto something. I, I think he probably was playing more than he expected and we expected under Schumacher. And he's still here. He's still here. Like there was a ruthlessness to some of the players that we've lost. He's still here. He's a he's an important part of the squad. And then we'll contract, be as well he's yeah. played. His contract's not expiring in the summer, which makes a difference. The lads that left their contracts, Butcher and Gillespie, I believe. No, Gillespie wasn't, I don't believe, actually. His contract wasn't expired in the summer. Butcher certainly was. Yeah, possibly. I think Argyle have made it pretty clear that they want him there for the long term, which I do think is good. I like to see that kind of forward planning, that long-term planning. He seems to really enjoy it. He's local-ish, isn't he? So it's not a huge commitment for him to stay in the area. Albeit I believe he's not. He lives a wee while away from Plymouth. Um, I hope he scores yeah. a hat-trick. From left back or wherever they play, be amazing. Yeah, uh, I think you might. You might think you might have to. Have to. <laughs> I think. I think, I think you might. On his microphone. I think you might have to do everything cross for that to happen. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. But yeah, if he Matt, plays, we've got we've got lone players. They can't play in this game. He can. He might. He's had some good performances. Don't, don't write him off yet. That's my point. When was a good? When was the last one? Don't remember, but that's not the point. <laughs> Stop being so miserable. I, hey, I'm sticking to the facts. Um, I think he played. He did come on against Leeds, didn't he? And um, probably got booked. But yeah, let's see. Let's see how he does. <laughs> let's see how he does against against Leeds. Uh, any other bits and bobs we want to uh, touch on before we move on? I think so. No, I'd no. like to win. I'd like to beat Leeds. Would you? Yeah, yeah that'd be great, wouldn't it? Normal TV, isn't it? Yeah, it is. BBC. When do we? We you know when we're seems to be a curse. But maybe we've overturned that. Maybe that used to be when we were a bit tin pot and everyone freezes. Maybe now that's a bit more of a regular thing. And we've arrived, and extra cameras being there won't freeze our entire squad. Oh, actually, there is one more thing. Yeah. Are we, are we doing a quiz next? After the break. But, so this can be the closing. The, the other highlight of yesterday yeah. was their new signing, Ronald. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. At the, st- at the start of the game, there was our, t- our commentary team was, you know, hits Ronald, as in Ronaldo. We need to make sure we pronounce it. And the more they attacked and the more stressful it got, he became more Ronald as the game went on. It was genius. Like, oh, there's Ronald again. Sorry, Ronald. There was something quite poetic in just almost deliberately mispronouncing and making him sound worse than he was. Speaking of poetic, wait until you hear my quiz. Oh, hello. There's got to be a McDonald out there they can sign. (laughs) I'm <laughs> playing for the ultimate strike duo. <laughs> right, time for a break. Back in a bit for all the quiz. You can get on with your quiz. All right, welcome back to part three. Straight into the quiz, Chris. You'll be delighted to know that I'm quiz master yet again this week. Lovely, but we're not going all the way back to 2007. We're simply going back a few days to the January transfer window. Now, if my maths is correct, and I hope it is, because the quiz kind of hinges on it, we've had 17 incomings and outgoings, including three non-playing staff. 
Are you with me thus far? Are you going to say we need to name them all? You, yeah, you know me well. You know me well. So we had 17 incomings and outgoings, three of which are non-playing staff. Those three are a combined incoming and outgoing. And then the rest, 14 or so, live maths here, are um, players. That could be permanent transfers, loans, the lot. How are we feeling about that? It should be easy, right? It's only last month. Should be is the uh, be key word, key set of words. Oh, hang on. We, I think we might have Mark Level from a ferry. Hello, Mark Level. Greetings. Happy New Bye. Year. During the transfer window, players get flown around in private jets at the last minute. Pilgrim's podcast, we have to travel on a ferry to get to <laughs> sign the big deal. There's nothing right. wrong with a ferry. Uh, are you a snob? No, I love a good ferry, me, mate. Right. Um, Mark, did you hear that monologue? I did. We're going for the 17 individuals that have, uh, are incoming or have departed and uh, gone to uh, pastures new. So, yeah. yeah. Shall I start? All right. Well, I think we because you were unavailable. What's your two-minute version of yesterday? I do like a little level summary. Oh, absolutely! Uh, chuffed to bits with the three points. Um, always great to keep a clean sheet and win one nil at Swansea. I remember uh, being chased out of the Vetch field after Peter Shilton saved a penalty there in the last minute. So it's fond memories of winning at. Swansea, and we're very lucky to have Morgan Whitaker with us. He's a he's a absolutely wonderful player and individual. Absolutely chuffed to bits. Let's do the quiz. Nicely done. Perfect. Alrighty. Um, any questions, complaints, queries? Many complaints, I'm sure. But we understand the concept. Is it going to be like the Okie Koki? Do we have to do one in, one out? Like. Or is it you can do anything? Oh, no, no, it's t- totally random. Totally random. Yeah. We've got, yeah, one each, one at a time. And we'll rattle through them. I reckon we'll be all right. I reckon we'll be okay. All right, Mark Lovell, over to you. Right, I'll start then. So, um, Cundall, Luke Cundall. Yep. Obviously recalled to then go to uh, team scrapping in the relegation fight. Alex. Finizaz. Another one that was recalled. The first, I believe, right? New Year's Day or no, 3rd of January. That wasn't New Year's Day. He was playing. He's got that amazing goal, didn't he? I was there against Watford, his passing gift. Now playing with Middlesbrough. I don't think he's seen a lot of time up there. Chris. Saxon early. Saxon early. Now playing with Wickham. Mark. Matt Butcher. My player of the year last season because he scored the uh, winner at Exeter. Matt Butcher, a superb signing, some would argue. Alex. Uh, Gillespie. Gillespie? I was sad about that one. I quite liked him. I know not all of us on this pod are huge fans, but saw him in the flesh at Cardiff and he was great. Transfer to Charlton Athletic. Chris. Tyreek Wright. Poor bloke has got injured. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's out for a few weeks. Hope he does. Hope he does well. Right, Mark. Forshaw. Mm-hmm. Adam Forshaw. Adam signed on a signed on a free from Norwich. One of two permanent signings. Alex Phillips. Ash Phillips on Spurs loan, of course. Impressed. Impressed. Chris, we got any more that are left? Oh, we need to do the coaching stuff. Are we, are we including Schumacher? No, no. Has to be in the month of January. Sorry. No. Oh, who was the fitness coach? Hmm. Dog Tanyan. Elliot. Yeah. Elliot Ward. Turner. Turner. Who's Elliot Ward? Elliot. Elliot, Elliot Ward was Ward. one of our greatest loan signings. He was absolutely fantastic. Elliot Ward would have been relevant in this quiz if we were, it was back in 05. Yeah. Off the top of my head. <laughs> I think he did get recalled in... I think he did get recalled in 
I don't know if he did actually. I think he got recalled like mid March. It was one of those funny loans that you don't see anymore when they were, you know, two, three months. He was outstanding short. for us. Jason Jarrett and Ward, Pulis signings, which saved the day. So was that a yellow card? Um, no, we were, we're, feeling, we're feeling kind. Um, Mark Lovell. Lionel Sosa, not Lionel Blair. Yeah, our last bit of action in the January transfer window. <laughs> not, not Lionel Blair. <laughs> Alex? Um, Sarinola. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I didn't know you did better than me. I'm glad you said it. I wasn't quite too sure. Our second tournament signing, second and last, X Swansea. Right, Chris. I've, I remember K- Kessler Hayden left. Yeah, KKH. It's Another still weird one. seeing him on the bench for for Villa when you look at the lineups in the yeah. when he was kind of he was a bit like um, we've had so many players like that, haven't we? Down the years, I think of like Yannick Balassi. Everyone was like, oh, he's a headless chicken, goes on to have a great career, much higher up. KKH is the same. Some people are a bit like, oh, I'm not convinced about him. There he is, sitting on the bench for a team champ- challenging for Champs League. Anyway, sorry, Archie, off you go. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Mark? I missed uh, who Alex uh, got last. I lost connection. Who did you? Sorinola. You did Sorinola. Okay, right. And, th- and then it was KKH with Chris. So yeah, Mark. right. Let's do for uh, Darko, uh, Darko, Giabi, Gabi. I think it's JB. JB. Is it? it on on Arcade TV? On Arcade TV, they refer to him as JB. I thought it was JB, the nickname, but I think that's how he pronounces uh, last name. Stan, yeah. If wrong, apologies. Right, Mark. Uh, sorry, Alex. Uh, Divine. Divine, we're getting there now. So we got two non-playing staff off the top of my head. And, and it's my yours. turn. And it's yours. That is that all we got left. Uh, bear with me, as I try and count to ten or so. Chris, feel free to f- fill the airs, airwaves. I don't know. No idea. 14. No, I can't be right. Yeah, 14. So we've got three left. Is there a, And there's a player in there still. Yeah, there's a player and there's two two non-playing staff. Were they hokey or cokey? In or out? Both of the staff were in. Right. Oh. Oh, I've got, I oh, got yeah. one of them. Oh, Mark. On. A, one of them's your uh, specialist area, right? I'm... Staff, staff, yeah. One of them is Mark's specialist area, and one of them is someone we spent a lot of time on this pod. Oh, hang on. Man. The manager. Coach. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ian Foster. There you Ian go. Foster. Good job. Mark? Um, the goalkeeping coach, Flahaven. Daryl. Yep. Right, Alex, we're getting there now. This is the last one, isn't it? So basically, if I don't get it, I lose, and the other two win. <laughs> Great. <laughs> See, um, I actually don't know who. I actually don't know who we've like a yeah, sudden death penalty shootout. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, okay. I say I've got it. Like I've I've achieved something. Now I'm reading the answer sheet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let. Let's go. Let's go. We'll open open the floor to all three of you, and then this this can be for the winner, because otherwise there's no winner. I don't like that. You got recalled. This is your first clue. He got recalled. I've lost connection, but I'm going to say Finazaz. No yellow midfielder that got recalled. We've had Kundal. Mm-hmm. We've had Finazaz. Didn't play much. Oh, Warrington. Yes. There we go. Oh, well done. 
Champagne is on its way to Chicago as we <laughs> speak. bad about forgetting him, to be honest. He'll probably no. want to forget us as well. Poor bloke had a bit of a mare, didn't he? Didn't play again after Bristol City um, away. Yeah. Puts, when you go through it like that, that puts a that puts January in perspective, right? It's a wholesale changes. Finazaz is a huge loss. Man for man, we've come out better. Is my feeling on it. Well, on the I'd whole, agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it was a it was a tough January, and it's interesting, isn't it? Looking back, I think we're reading in between the lines. It looks like we've missed out on someone, a striker, an attacker, from what Foster said late on or on with hours remaining. Errington asked him, "Is there a possibility?" And he said, "Yes." That's the Reading guy, right? Yeah, and it, so that you know, a manager, a head coach doesn't say that now is remaining on the on deadline day unless you're pretty sure. So I think it's safe to assume possibly be, there was a small hiccup there. But uh, that's par for the been, course, though. Unless you're one of these yeah. super clubs who can go out and just pick who they want, everybody misses out on targets and and has to go down the list. It's not just an Argyle mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. At least we weren't re-signing League One players from Blackburn. Hmm. <laughs> I've actually got I forgot to do the warm up with you I had a little warm up this week for the quiz and whilst I still got you let's do it this is this is a bit tricky though this is a, this is up Kirk Avenue two clubs assigned <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Avenue this is like Kirk Avenue that's a, that's a horrific euphemism I think that's that's up there with the custard uh, <laughs> <laughs> cream um, two clubs signed three former Argyle players in January. So that's Wickham. six. So that's six Argyle players divided between two clubs. Wickham and Charlton. Bloody hell! Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. There we go. Okay. Now the Sli- hard sliding is... up Kirk Avenue. <laughs> now name them. Longvink. Yeah. Yep. Butcher early. Mm, that's Wickham. Gillespie, Gillespie, Gillespie. Yeah. Uh, Mateta? Yeah, no. Mateta oh, no, he went to Oxford, didn't he? Oh, crikey, I've forgotten the answers myself. Um, Ladapo, Chelton, number two. He's a, mid- he's a midfielder. Is it a midfielder at Charlton? It... I feel like it's not a recent, not a recent... No, Argyle player. It's, it's someone. Yeah, there came. was two. Two weren't signed directly from Argyle, so four left Argyle. We've named them. And two, Ladapo being one of them, former Argyle players, signed for Charlton. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're anything on that bombshell. It was a oh, guy. Right. It was a guy who has dropped down to to play at Charlton. Is it somebody who perhaps was it a lone player? <laughs> Was it a lone player who who we had? Unmissable content. He <laughs> was mumbling about brand new. Fortunately, it's right it is, the it end. It is. It is. Fortunately, uh, it's Backinson. right at the end. Who? Back, Tyreek Backinson. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Two for the price of one this week, folks. All right, guys. I think we'll leave things there. Thanks for your, thanks for your company. Alex, great to see you again. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of each other, I think, in the coming weeks. We've got a lot of games to come. Chris? Thank, thanking you. My pleasure. And thank you for listening, and we're back with you next week.